What's up, Thrashers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram, and of course, our website, talklouderpodcast.com. I'm Metal Dave Glessner, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. And today, we've got thrash metal royalty on the show. We've got Max Cavalera from Sepultura fame. And wow, what an honor. Uh, he was able to spend about 30 minutes with us, gave us the lowdown on an upcoming tour that he's doing that includes his brother Igor on drums. Uh, there's a couple new guys rounding out the band. He's got Dan Gonzalez from Possessed and Mike Leone from uh, Soulfly. And they're going out to celebrate and revisit the classic Beneath the Remains album and the Arise album. And we're going to get Max to tell us a little bit about why they focused on those two albums and what you can expect when you see them on this tour. Uh, we also got to dig into some of his past and uh, uh, kind of got to visit with him a little bit. He was at home in Arizona and he was telling us about how much he enjoys the weather and some of his stomping grounds and... Uh, so we got to talk a little bit outside of the music box for a bit yeah, as well. I feel like um, <clears throat> I feel like it's one of those I'm not worthy moments, you know, like wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did living we just legend. have Max Cavalera on our show. <laughs> living legend on the on the. I mean, he he could be looked at as as a Lemmy, right? Yeah, yeah. Living legend of sorts and really made his own way and no one ever told him that you know like he tells a story i won't blow it but he tells a story that i thought was interesting about the about the haircut for the record we'll, we'll leave it alone it's like that what? Cool. people are gonna re see this intro here and go what wait a minute what yeah that was great um but yeah i mean like you said it was it was cool to just talk to the man and not yeah. just a, a guy in a metal band you know, right. Uh, what a cool guy. What a, I've always heard he's real sweet. Uh, we shared, I didn't bring it up, but we, we shared a, uh, travel agent. Uh, the toys had the travel agent. Her name was Judy. She's passed on now, but, uh, and when their first tours, this would have been in, in the eighties, of course, their Sepultura I'm talking about their right. early tours, they she was their travel agent she would book them their hotels and plane flights for their management and stuff and so she was meeting them all the time they were coming by and dropping off and picking up you know yeah so very interesting um very interesting guy i love his explanation of uh of those songs and how they were you know written whether it was early lyrics in portuguese uh translating old and the way that he learned English was yeah, translating his favorite heavy metals, his favorite Iron Maiden songs, you know, yeah. is how we learned how to speak English, which yeah. I think is incredible. Yeah, we got a lot of nice little sideline stories out of yeah. him, even though our time was short. He was super sweet, as you said, and uh, I, I really enjoyed some of the sideline stuff besides the obvious stuff that we that we were going to talk about today. This episode will go out about two days in advance of that tour. Um, the tour goes May through June across North America. Uh, so by the time you're hearing this, they'll be on their way to a neighborhood near you. And uh, 
man, if you're a thrash metal head and uh, you, you owe it to yourself to go check this out and to, because um, come on, let's face it, who doesn't love Beneath the Remains and the Arise records? They're yeah. landmark albums, every bit as important as anything Metallica or Slayer did. Yeah, sure. that's kind of where where I was I was headed uh, during the interview. I was trying to say it's you know I've already said it. He he's part of that whole movement of you know he created something in the same way that he, he talks about his guitars. He's his well I'll save it, but he yeah he's not your normal guitar player. He's right. not your normal heavy metal songwriter. He's not. Um, you know, against all odds, kind of had to figure it out on his own and uh, fell in love with something and um, was damned if someone go was going to hold him back. So right. continues to be a rising star in my eyes. Yeah. yeah, we are honored to have him, Max Cavalera, today on the Talk Louder podcast. <laughs> He, he can probably hear us. Here he comes. All right. There nice, he is. Nice shirt. Hello. Winning right. out of the three of us might be winning on the T-shirt contest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a oh, good yeah. one. That's How are you, Max? Uh, I'm good. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Doing great, man. Thanks for thank joining you. us. Yeah, thank you for being here. Of course. My pleasure, yeah. man. Let's get this out of the way. This is, this is Dave that you've been talking to. It's his birthday today, so this is fantastic yeah happy birthday thank yeah. you brother thank as, you man uh, as we say in, in 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 brazil feliz aniversario means happy birthday <laughs> awesome hey, how often do you get a happy birthday in portuguese there that's, you go that's yeah. wonderful thank what you, i want to hear is i want to hear dave say it back exactly the way max is. <laughs> ain't gonna happen can't, can't be done can't be I done i'm not gonna, i am not gonna butcher this man's native language <laughs> takes, no, sir. oh shit takes practice, takes practice. I, have, I have butchered many languages especially live <laughs> Maybe I even hold the record of butchering languages, <laughs> especially when you go, you know, far Eastern Europe. Oh man, mm. like, like they write it down for me what you say. I say it, the whole crowd is looking at me like, okay, <laughs> what? What was that now? What, yeah. what was that again? <laughs> and you feel just really stupid. Like, let's just rock. Yes. <laughs> what about let's just rock, man? Yeah, well, that didn't yeah. rock the lang the language that we all need anyway. The universal language. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Hey, exactly. let me ask you this. Speaking of language and uh, and rock, when you were first writing songs, were you writing were you writing in Portuguese or English? Uh, the very beginning, Portuguese. You know, in fact, yeah. the first. Uh, our first demo recordings uh, were all Portuguese. Wow. Um, and then I had a friend that translated letters because I used to write to people like Chuck from Deaf. And, yeah. and so and that, he that, I, I, would, well. I, would, I would write it in Portuguese and he would translate it to English. Oh, but at the same time, I was uh, translating a lot of records. That was kind of like how I learned English. Ooh. Um, I learned like a little bit in school in Brazil, there's a lot of schools that taught that teach English. So all the basic stuff, but mostly of my real, real teachers were Black Sabbath and Motorhead and Maiden, just translating, you know, hours yeah. of whatever. I want to know what they're singing about. You know, like I need to know, I need to know what Iron Man is about. I need to know 
uh, what uh, what Power Slave is about, you know. So yes. I would spend hours translating those records, and that was cool. That was a great way to learn. Uh, learn of course, English. God, it just sounds cool. You telling the story because a lot of uh you know, if English is your first language, you take for granted. And then you hear a story about someone like you growing up and, and when, hey, I love this music, but what the fuck? You know, I need to know. And you're, and it's rock music is teaching you something vital and that's going to be useful for the rest of your life. That's, I think that that's fantastic how it was giving back to you immediately without yeah. in, inadvertently. You know, so it's great. And many, many good things came out of it. I mean, the name Sepultura came come from Motorhead, uh, from another Perfect Day record. There's a wow. track called "Dancing on Your Grave." Yes, and, I love that. And uh, oh. yep, and and uh, yeah, I love it too. Like it's one of my, it's it's a, such an obscure Motorhead record. Nobody talks yeah. about it, but it's so fucking good. Um, but grave, it's Sepultura, you know, and we just took that word. Uh, but what we did was, okay, we have the name in Portuguese, but let's sing in English because our heroes sing in English. Everybody that we like sings in English. Um, so we have to, to, to sing. In, and I remember being very, very criticized in Brazil. A lot of, a lot of, even friends of ours were like, what the fuck? Why are you guys singing in English? That's bullshit. You have to sing it in Portuguese being a little bit like, uh, nationalistic, you know, yeah. like that, that, that kind of Brazilian pride, you know, it was like, yeah. No, you don't understand. We have, I have plans. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah. say, well, you know what? It translated is the perfect word. It translated because um, worldwide English-speaking fans love what you and your brother and early Sepultura created. So yeah. it's amazing. I remember your early demos. I don't remember recall them being in Portuguese. But your early demos in the tape trading scene worldwide were very sought after demos. And uh, I believe I had one of them. I, I don't have it anymore, unfortunately. But anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember one of the cool things was actually like the accent. It's, it's some of it, some of the old stuff, there's a heavy accent and some of the words I'm pronouncing them wrong. Yeah, and I think, and I, I remember seeing an interview with Dave Grohl, and he talks about that. He goes, "That's what attracted me mostly about Sepultura. It was like dangerous because they had that accent, and you know they're not from here; they're from some other place." <laughs> yeah, See, I find that attractive as well. That you would have, I mean, even when you know, like bands from the UK or where they have a really harsh. English accent. I believe that that influences singers worldwide. They want to sing with that, you know, open mouth, that wide uh, vowel shape, which translates again very well for vocals because the bigger the mouth, the louder, the more, uh, you know, it's just bigger and more emotional of a thing happening when you have the ah and the a eh and the ah, you know. Yeah. In every way. I, I used to have a lot of hours of sometimes discussions with producers because mm. some producers would be very picky about how I'm saying certain words and uh, to some of them I gave up and, and sang the way the guy wanted me to sing and to 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 some of them I say ah, no 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 I'm just gonna do it this way this this mm -hmm. is how I am. This is how it sounds like. It's, yes. uh, it's it is what it is. You know, it's a, it's a unique thing. Um, 
The only time we actually changed was was actually a demo, and it was for uh, for a record uh, schizophrenia. It was the the first song was was uh, is actually called "From the Past Comes the Storms," but my first name was "The Past Reborns the Storms." which is really wrong English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was pointed out to us by our friend. That's wrong English. You got to you got to change that when you make your the real record, you know. Yeah. So 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 I think the demo version is actually the best reborns the storms. Oh wow, okay. And I feel then like the, I, the I album feel like, has the real I feel like early German bands like even Scorpions they had that they had that they, yeah. And loudness, loudness as well. I think that they would put their words in in, in the wrong, slightly Different wrong order. order. And you <laughs> yeah. know what it created? It created this really cool, uh, like you knew they were from somewhere else. It goes back to the Dave Grohl thing. He's like, you can tell that it's there's something odd about this, but that's what makes me like it and want to hear it again and again. So it's a beautiful accident, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, fantastic! Yeah, fantastic to have you have you on here. I'm glad that that things are going well. You've been in, living yeah. in America in a lo- for a long time now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Arizona, thirty thirty plus years. Yeah, we live in Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's cool, man. It's like uh, it's 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 a quiet place, especially after touring. You, you know how tour goes, yeah. meeting people every day, and yeah. it's cha- it's chaotic and 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 nuts. And uh, when you come home, it's nice to go to a place that's actually calm and quiet. Uh, we actually have a we have another house that's actually in the desert. It's like surrounded by mountains and cactus and rattlesnakes and, and uh, mountain lions and all I that. I love it. Yeah, all the yeah. wild, all the Amazing. wild shit. It was. <laughs> it's a. It's, it's eventually one day I like to turn that into a studio. Um, it's it's really really similar looking to the Rancho de la Luna, which is in in Death Valley. You know, in uh, um, I saw I saw a couple of documentaries on this studio. Uh, I, I think it's like near Palm Springs or something. Okay, uh, but it's the same vibe. You got the whole desert mountains around, and so it will look like like a really cool place to put a studio on. Yeah, um, I just don't have the 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 like i probably get the time to do it man it's always yeah. always touring always yeah. making making records but uh eventually at, at some point maybe it'd be cool to do something like that later in the future but uh yeah i like i like phoenix i like it here um if you can if you get used to the the the, the summer the heat is pretty it's pretty fucking harsh yeah, mm-hmm. um, well, we, we live in Texas, so we're used to the heat. Know a little bit about <laughs> so, yeah, the, yeah. The, heat, yeah. the heat there is a is a dry heat. And yeah. we, dry heat. We yeah. have humidity down here. It's a little bit of a different animal. Yeah, yeah. So you so you guys are probably more similar to Brazil. Brazil is very humid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember when I first moved to Arizona, my mom called me and she's like, so how is it? I go, yeah, I think it's like Mars here. It's really hot and there's no people on the street. Everybody's inside, inside their car with air conditioning or right. inside their house. Like uh, not many people walk. And I remember I like to walk. Um, so yeah. I, will, I will walk to the, to the circle K uh, to get a drink and, and, and cars will stop and be, Hey, Hey, hey buddy, do you need a ride? 
You know, yeah, I, I, go, I, I go, no, no, I, I'm, I'm walking because I want to, you know, it's 110 degrees. You might die. You know? <laughs> They're concerned for your well-being. They, yeah. they, they were, they were, yeah. man. Yeah. But I just, I just always in Brazil, I always walked. I love to walk. I still do that on tour. Like sometimes I get to the venue. Um, there's nothing to do. Just go cruise around, go walk around. See, see all the surrounding areas. It's fun, you know. Good for you. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, Phoenix is a cool town, man. A lot of rockers here. You got yeah, Alice yeah. Cooper, Rob yeah. Halford's Rob Halford there still. Yeah, I don't know if he's still here, but yeah. I seen Rob around. Uh, I seen Cooper a couple of times in yeah. benefit shows. Some of the stuff he does. There's think- a, actually he owns a church not too far from my okay. house that he does like like uh, you know programs with the kids and stuff, and that's really cool. Yeah, he gives right. away uh, food and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking speaking of touring, we got a we got a lot to cover in a short time to do it. So, Max, I wanted to uh, get to the subject of uh, your upcoming tour. You're going to be out in May and June uh, with your brother Igor. Uh, you got Dan Gonzalez on guitar, Mike Leone on uh, on bass, and you're out uh, focusing on the Beneath the Remains record and the Arise record. So number one, tell me why those two records specifically, because a lot of a lot of your fans would argue that uh, Chaos AD and Roots are also landmark albums of yours. Um, So why the emphasis on those particular two albums? And are you playing them in their entirety or are you just selecting cuts from both of those records? Yeah, so this idea of playing um, the classic Sepultura records were actually born couple of years ago when we did the roots we started with roots and it was just a it was a success right away people love it they really really connect to it uh we loved it because we wrote that stuff years ago and we get to really go back and relearn them and play them again uh, with igor is so much fun um but there's no order really it's really kind of wild um random isn't it's total random Right now, it's been if the remains and arise, um, and that's actually Igor's idea to do them together because we think this, this out of the whole Sepultura stuff that I'm on it, those two records are the, really the only ones that are really similar to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Chaos is very it's a different animal, yeah. and Roots is a different animal. Totally, the early stuff is black, more black metal. Mm-hmm. Um, so these two are very unique. It was a time where, where it was very, very uh, exciting to mix death metal and trash metal and hardcore. So we almost felt like we're mad scientists in a laboratory, just putting a little bit of death metal, a little bit of trash metal, some pinches of hardcore punk, yeah. uh, you know, and just put it in a blender and press play and see what happens. And the result was so exciting man those records yeah. are they're oozing with energy you know uh so yeah so it's we decided to do them together so it's more of a powerhouse show so it's a very very brutal show we only leaving i think two tracks out right now mm-hmm. uh which is i believe meaningless movements and hungry and we i always look at those songs as kind of fillers and I, I don't even like the title of the song "Hungry" because it makes me think of McDonald's or, 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 or Burger King or something like. It's a horrible no. song title. Um, um, 
I didn't name it, by the way. <laughs> and this, so it was kind of like a filler, you know, they're all right. But there's so much other great stuff on those records that we just kind of just grabbed like the, the best uh, stuff that we think makes this records exciting to play. So and yeah. then we're going to add a couple other things, uh, maybe a couple cover songs in the end and stuff like that. Maybe some even some Celtic Frost or something. Nice. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun, man. Those are uh, some really great players. Mike is a great bass player. Um, Daniel is a fantastic guitar player. Um, How did you get Daniel involved? Because he's he's currently in Possessed. Is that right? Right. Yeah. And I think yeah. a lot of people would be interested in knowing. So Mike is from Soulfly, and you got Dan from Possessed. Now the Soulfly connection is obvious, but how did you pick up Dan on guitar from Possessed? So we met Dan a couple of years ago when we Soulfly play San Diego, and his other band Gruesome was on the bill. And uh, so we met and we talked and was, I was like, this, 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 I watched the show and I'm like, wow, this is a really cool guitar player, you know. Um, and then we we play again years later with Possessed in in Europe. And that was after they released the, the, the comeback record, uh, Revelations of Oblivion, which is an amazing record. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always thought uh, if we had the chance um uh, I think Daniel, I told that to my brother, say, if we get the chance, I think Daniel would be perfect to play those, uh, that era, that Beneath the Remains Arise era, because he's yeah. just that perfect guitar player for that. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Froze. He's uh, it's just an amazing guitar player, you know, to be very uh uh and it was cool like the minute we call him he was on board like oh yeah instant like hell yeah i'm doing this is killer i i i, I grew up with these records like right like there's it, there's nothing but but pride to play these records and uh so it's gonna oh, be fun it's beautiful it is gonna be fun i mean those two records uh are were the ones that put you on the map here in america and so it makes sense that they would You'd play him uh, as sort of a one-two punch, as you say. And uh, I think, the you know, there, a lot of people always argue about the big four. If it was expanded into the big five and they throw in bands like Exodus and Testament, and sometimes you hear Pantera. And I, and I won't argue with any of those bands, but I will say that Beneath the Remains and Arise, those two records alone to me, make Sepultura a, a contender if there was ever an expansion to the big five. Oh. So yeah, yeah, I mean those are great records. Um, thank you, man. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, those those are uh, very important records. I mean, I remember when we when we released Arise and we did a video for Orgasmatron in Brazil, and it won best MTV video clip of the year. So they flew us to LA for the party and we were invited to the MTV party and uh, we met James Hatfield at the party. And I remember talking to James and James, listened, you know, he goes, yeah, I love your video for that embryonic cells. And I just like, just like fucking froze. You know, it's like, <laughs> like, I, I don't even know if he knew that we existed. Not just he knows that we exist. He likes our fucking video. Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? You know, <laughs> it was like a, Validation, man. Like, yes, yeah. This fucking, 
coming from James meant a lot, man. And I was like, so there was like super excited to, to, uh, to hear that. Um, Cause I always, I always, you know, um, I always loved Metallica. I mean, I cut my hair for Ride the Lightning back when I lived in Brazil. I had a, I had a cousin that was like trying to get me to, to go normal. You know, it's like, well, if you cut your hair and, and it has to be a bus cut, military bus cut, I'll buy you a copy of any record you want. And I, was, I had my eye on Ride the Lightning. Um, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, the hair will grow back again. You know, I can, I, you know, I, I can uh, deal with the bus cut. That's um, a great story. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. So yeah, so I was like, I cut my hair for riding the lightning, man. It's like it's worth it. It was worth it every single Bravo. second, wow. second yeah. of it. <laughs> so um another thing I wanted to ask you, uh, you're you're known for playing uh a four-string guitar. You take two strings off your guitar and you play with four strings. When did that start and and how did that come about? It's become your trademark. Yeah, I have, I have a couple of guitars laying around with six strings. And sometimes I, I do some videos and people like, they get drawn. Oh, whoa, there's six strings on that guitar. You're cheating. You're <laughs> cheating, Max. You know, uh, uh, it, it started back in the day, back in the Sepultura days. Was uh, I never did solos. I was always a rhythm player, you know. And I remember one string, one of the little strings broke. Uh, and then the other one broke. And, and and I look at my roadie, we didn't have much money at that time. And I said to him, I said, I said okay, we, we have a little bit of money. We can buy a new pack strings and put six strings on the guitar, or we can buy booze and I'll keep jamming with four strings and we'll get drunk <laughs> and we'll have the booze. And he goes, and it looks cooler with four strings. You don't use them anyway. so 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 it was my roadie was actually his fault he goes let's get the booze looks cool with four strings it's punk rock you don't use them and uh yeah then i decided that's my thing Uh, so actually in a weird psychologic way it forced me to kind of like really um impose on me I have to like try to do a lot with only four strings. It's all yeah. about the rhythm, you know? So right. you become really rhythm oriented. And so I'm very much a riff guy, you know, always been, I'm a, I'm a, I'm in awe of a great riff. Like, like when a great riff comes to you, I actually bow down, thank heavens. Like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I guess, thank you for this riff. Yes. I don't, yes. I don't deserve. <laughs> to, to to have made this riff but i think i, I i'll take it um and uh, so it, it forces me to only have four strings to really try to come up with uh as much as i can with four strings but it's it's actually funny because the esp is my guitar company they already uh, they told me they there were some kids in here in america that the, the, they bought the guitar and I guess the dad called the company that like, you sold me a broken guitar. It's missing <laughs> two strings. <laughs> and, uh, and they had to tell the guy, no, no, that's, uh, that's how you, you got, you got a Max Cavalera guitar for your son, uh, sir. That's how he plays. Uh, it's not defective. This is how he plays. You know? Let, yeah, let me yeah. ask this because I, I don't know. I'm just being straight. Uh, the, the, do, do they leave the, uh, the B and the E, the, the little strings? Do they leave the tuners off the, the headstock too? 
it, it's everything stays the same. The the, the so it's the only four, four tuners on the headstock. They leave the other tuners off, or they no they, no they leave it in. They yeah, leave they, them on there. They, they just leave don't it put on. String, they don't. They just don't, they don't put, put this. That's why the guy. That's why the guy thought he was. Easy. I they, love they, it. They, they sold him a broken guitar. It was like, I, lo- I love it. You, you sold know, me a it's, broken. It's kind of interesting. This I don't want to take up too much time, but it's very very interesting when you think about how how the riff is born. You're not writing those riffs, you know, for what it is that we're kind of talking about on those little strings. You write it on those bottom four. Right. right. Yeah. I'm on those those thick strings anyway. That's where you get the chunk. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Master of Puppets. Yeah. Uh, keep and going. I, I wrote some of it uh, around Chaos AD uh, on acoustic. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think the chorus of Territory was done acoustically. And I kind of found that to be kind of cool because when you write in acoustic, when you put it with distortion, it becomes 10 times heavier and it, it it wow. brings all the the heaviness in focus, like sharp sharpens the heaviness. Um, but um, yeah, I, 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 I'm old school, man. I love the the whole old fashioned way. Just just sit with your guitar and let it let it rip, and and the riff eventually is gonna come out. The same with lyrics. That's why I write lyrics with a pen and paper. Uh, not computers. Some some guys are, you know, they go on a computer or their phones. Um, yeah. I like to use the pen. It's like this pen is connected to the heavens. You know, it's gonna it's gonna come on this pen. The power of the pen. Yes. It's the old it's the old school way. You know, it's like I, I don't know. It's uh, might might be uh, might be stupid of me to think that, but no, I just not at all. I, right? I have I have a old uh, old old school old, old habits die hard. They say yeah. right. Yeah, I think it's uh yeah. I think it's kind of a transcendent. It makes it you're you're touching the pen, you know. You're, right. You're touching the pen when you write. You know, you're yeah. it's part of your body and your brain and your heart when you're when you're letting. Yeah, and I out. feel and I feel when you do it digitally electronically it gets. It's not the same thing. It's not. It doesn't it's, feel. It doesn't feel the same. It feels like it's somebody else writing it. Right. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you know the same with the with the. As far as riff goes, um, I can spend hours just riffing, like nonstop riffing. Man, it's like uh, it's sometimes it's two, three in the morning. My wife will come in the living room. Is like, okay, you ever? You gonna just pull an all nighter? You, you and your guitar. <laughs> I'll see you're you. Gonna, I'll see gonna, you in the morning. I, I didn't see you at dinner. You know, aren't you hungry? Yeah. <laughs> you're just there with your guitar. You know, the, hours the dog, go by. The, the dog misses you. I miss you. <laughs> Fuck. So, Max, I, I, I've got so much I want to ask you, but I know we're running out of time. So, I wanted to ask one last question before we have to let you go. And and this is behalf. This is on behalf of all your fans. It's the obvious question. Uh, is there ever any chance of a reunion of the classic Sepultura lineup? I, I would never say no, but uh, I don't really, really know where that stands uh, as far as like there's I don't have any communication with those guys. And um, I think, you know, what we're doing right now uh, is the closest the, the fan can get to, to those original moments and, and vibes. Uh, and I feel very very proud and happy that we're able to do this. Um, part of me kind of like um, don't really even care much if we ever really do a reunion. Um, it's kind of like, 
I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of uh, baggage and drama that when it comes to those the, the four of us. I know. So it's years of of constant turmoil and shit um, that I don't know if it's ever gonna happen. Uh, but I, again, it can. I, you know, m- more weird things had happened before. So I wouldn't I wouldn't cut it out. But at the moment, uh, I don't see it happening. Yeah. Well, we'll take what we can get. And I know that uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in Texas in June. My son is is 14 years old and he's a huge Sepultura fan. And he's really excited about coming to see you. Um, and I haven't seen uh, or I haven't heard some of those songs played by you. And I remember seeing Sepultura on tour with Obituary and Sadis a long time ago. Uh, so oh, yeah, SOS. Yeah, I'm gonna feel like uh, I'm going back in a time machine, and I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah, well, that, that's what's cool. You got you guys like you got guys like you that, that bring your kid to it, and and uh, you you have experience, and you get to experience again. But then you get to see your son experience for like for the first time. Yeah, um, you know that's 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 really cool. I love there's a whole new generation that really digs those records, uh, and they were not even born when those records came out. Right. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's, it's really, uh, trips me out, man. It's cool. It's like really, it's, it's a little bit like, I remember when, when I first saw Sabbath, you know, cause, cause all this, the golden years of Sabbath, the prime years, I was a kid, I was seven years old. Um, so I wouldn't be interested in Sabbath at that time. Um, but I got to see Sabbath later when we opened for them with Sepultura. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember just like, just crying on the side of the stage, just like in, in fucking awe, you know? And, and I knew that I wasn't really seeing the prime, but I was, you know, it's, it was super special. It was like, it was fucking cool, man. Um, um, and, and even, even when you don't, even when you don't see the, the, uh, the, the very much original, um, I think as long as you can get somehow, um, some of the elements that were part of the original incarnation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like it's the same, uh, you know, I, we just play a show um, uh, with, with, uh, with Phil Anselmo and the illegals mm-hmm. and they play a, a shitload of Pantera stuff. And, and mm-hmm. I, I was fucking so thrilled to see that because yeah. um, I have toured with Pantera and I remember it was like nostalgic. It felt so good, you know, yeah. and it was all different guys. So, you know, it's not the same guys, but it doesn't matter, man. It's Phil's voice. It's fucking, yeah. you know, he's got the, he's got the voice. He's got the, the, the it's coming from the heart. Uh, and that, uh, that, that, that's, I think what people get from the shows and it's what they will get from this, this, uh, being if the remains arise tour that were given to them. So it should, should be fucking awesome. Yeah, man. Awesome. We're looking forward to it. You're definitely going to transport us. And uh, those, those songs and those albums are classics that will live forever. So looking forward to hearing them and seeing them uh, played live. Uh, I know you got to go, Max. I can't thank you enough for joining us today. Uh, like I said, we'll see you in June when the tour rolls through Texas. In the meantime, I'm Metal Dave Glessner on behalf of my co-host Jason McMaster and our very special guest, Max Cavalera, thrash metal legend himself, joining us today on the Talk Louder podcast. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. 